Jess, Trey, Amy, Quinn, Ray, Leah, Maddie, Ray, Lily, Charlie, Faye, M, Bryce, Daniela, Elena, Marshall. And you're talking with my puzzle pieces. Hey guys. Ooh. We are you didn't get up. Yeah, you are. We've been waiting for Jasper to, to lay down because he's been a little barky. So we just tempted fate. Yes. I won't do it again. Um, it's super early in February and we're recording our first episode. Congratulations, Ooh. us. And if tomorrow goes as planned, we're gonna record episode two, but just not put it out for you until like mid-month maybe yeah but then you'll have but then you'll really get to this month even though it's a short month so mm-hmm. check us out we're rocking it that's what's like that is what's up. every now and then we rock things yeah, we, have our moments. we do and i know i'm pretty sure last episode we told you it had been cold but we were wrong it had not been cold not even close to what it could be um, not even close no cold is like not today today was better today we hit like 30 um, but we had days where, like, the wind chill never got above zero. Yeah. We were, like, close to negative 20. Um, it was bad. I don't like it. But it was warmer today, so we took the the dobs. The dobs. The dobbies. We took the dobs for a WALK. We did three whole miles, a little more than that. And mm-hmm. so hopefully now they will sleep nicely while we try to record this. Maisie for sure looks like she's out. Jasper went to the groomer yesterday. Mm-hmm. You guys, I wish that you could see when he's been freshly so groomed. He has fluffy. like two inches of like foof all over his body. And then they cut out his eyes so he could see. And he's got these massive like Neanderthal eyebrows going on. Like hang over. Like, oh my God. It's it's pretty great. It's really special. And he's so soft for a few days before he manages to get himself filthy again. It's pretty exciting. So that's that's that. Oh, we did a thing. We did. We did, we did a did. thing. Did do a Y'all, thing. I have a sister, my baby sister, who we love dearly. Yes. Who is crazy and is living in Mexico mm-hmm. for a year-ish. Um, and in March, we're going to visit. Yes. For like a whole ass week. We are. Very excited. Very excited. We're going to do all of the Mexico things and maybe record an ep- episode while we're down there. That's yeah, the goal. We're hoping. Yeah. I'm going to convince my baby sister and her husband that they want to they wanna join us. Make and, a short little guest appearance. And- yeah. And talk a little bit about like maybe what it's like to be friends slash family with someone who has DID without knowing as much about it as like I, I do. Yeah. I think. It might give a little bit better picture into like what it's like to get to know us and like a more normal relationship. Be friends with us in a more, yeah, like not in a like we're living with you and like we're super intense going through the hard stuff with you. Like Mm -hmm. they're definitely supportive. They know stuff, especially your sister. Yeah, like they send us like specific birthday presents for different people when we're celebrating them. And um, your sister knows a little bit more just because that's we talk to her more yeah but um but they've both just been like i can really accepting and open yeah and when i if i'm like oh like trauma really sucks right now and this is hard they're both just like yep like very Mm -hmm. open so it's it's good and i think maybe they could give a little bit more about like what that's Mm -hmm. like from a more normal like yeah friendship than than when it was like super intense Mm -hmm. when you're 
Yeah, because they weren't like going through it with us as the we, same. Yeah. yeah. And she's like stable-ish, yeah. um, which is which is great for her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So anyway, that's in March. Stay tuned because it's probably all we're going to talk about for probably. the next six-ish weeks until we go. Um, and then probably all we're going to talk about for a couple weeks after we come back because this is going to be our first time using our passports mm-hmm. and like all the things. So um, we'll give you more details about the trip when we return. I wish there was a way for us to like share pictures with you guys. Mm-hmm. So like you could see Jasper's face or like some of the like landscapes where we go. But you'll just have to use we'll your imagination, I guess. Mm-hmm. We'll describe it. Call it a day. Mm-hmm. So I think those are all the life updates. I think so. We're getting our hair did tomorrow. Yes, it needs. It's been like six months. Mine is very long right now. It's looking a little ratty. And I haven't gotten it trimmed, and the ends are just a disaster. And when our hair gets long, it's like I I like our hair. We have nice hair, beautiful hair. It just if we're not trimming it regularly, and even if we are, it's just a lot of work. Like we have to straighten it, or we have to curl it. I think you think that more than you do, but yeah, I just think it, it isn't quite like it's like slightly wavy. Yeah, and so, like, usually I have to do at least a little something with it, and when I haven't gotten it cut, it gets a little frizzy, mm-hmm. so then I do have when to do something are, with it. Your ends look like a horse's mane. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Oh. And mine's and just real get, gray. Let me just get sick of yeah. being long. So, yeah, mine's, again. mine's real gray. Okay. So, tomorrow we'll be beautified, and we're getting our eyebrows waxed, and it Whoa. has been a hot minute since we did anything. I personally, because remember my thumb, do you guys, have you remember, do you remember? Still can't quite bend it, although I'm making progress. You are. As you um, do it as if they can see I it. I know. I know. But you guys, like, I'm probably, like, probably, like, 50% towards where I want to be, which yeah. is huge. Um, But it also still hurts. But anyway, for, like, months, I could not hold the tweezers. So there wasn't yeah. any way was I was no. fixing my eyebrows. Not a one. But we're going to get them waxed tomorrow. Well, and like it's like you don't have to reshape because it's been so long since I've done them that I feel like I'd have to start over with like trying to decide like, where they, yeah. yeah, like exactly where everything should be, and this way it'll just be done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's, there you go. I think that's life. I think so too. So last episode, we talked a little bit about disorders that might co occur. Or that you might get diagnosed with that are maybe not fully accurate, mm-hmm. um, or maybe only describe one part or a couple parts. Mm-hmm. And so I think last time we did like depression kind of stuff, we did some anxiety stuff, we did PTSD. I think those were the. I think we touched on bipolar too. Mm, yep, we did. So like mood and anxiety disorders, essentially, and yeah. a little bit about trauma. So we thought, kind of tying in with that today, our goal is to get through talking about somatization, which is sort of like feeling your emotions and physical symptoms and attention and concentration struggles. Mm-hmm. And then if we have time, we'll, we'll do more, but I think that's probably as far as we're going to I think it's going to, it's going to take up a lot of time and mm-hmm. we don't want it to be too much information that we feel like you can't listen to it and then feel you. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about too many other like challenges or disorders or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. I think it can get overwhelming. So. Yeah, I agree. So somatization can be a disorder or disorders all by itself. Um, there's this thing called conversion disorder, which is where your body like takes all of your mental health struggle and puts it into physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes are like even catatonic or we had, um, and a program I was in at one point, we had a patient who would like pass out and like almost have like a pseudo seizure 
Mm -hmm. Uh, But they had done all the things and it was, they decided really just some trauma stuff. So it can go to that point. But for most people, that's not what somatization is like. And I think most people in the world experience physical sensations with emotions. Yes. Um, You'd have to be really disconnected from your body, I think, to not have any any connection. That's something we work on in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, just really basically starting to understand how your body experiences different emotions. Yeah. The whole mind body connection and how that can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, whoops, I'm going to knock the table over here. Um, for like in quotes, you can't see my quotes, but I'm making quotes. <laughs> um, for a normal person, like normal physical responses to emotion would be things like your heart rate speeds up. Mm-hmm. Um, you might breathe a little bit faster. You get flushed. Your muscles tense. Crying. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think everyone like, if you think about like if you take taken a big test or you're mm-hmm. worrying about something like you get maybe get like a little bit of an upset stomach mm-hmm. or you just don't Same. feel quite yeah. right or um, those kind of things. Or yeah. like if you're really like you think really like science you go like right like the fight or flight response mm-hmm. you have like if you're panicked you like your heart rate elevates like right your body does all these things to prepare you to fight or flee mm-hmm. and there's a whole lot of science we could explain but i don't really want to i don't care that much <laughs> but there is science so if you're curious learning about like your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system and the hormones that are released when you go into fight or flight which they've actually expanded to flight fight flight freeze or fawn. Now there's four of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And the different ways your body reacts. There's a whole lot of science in there. You are welcome to dig into on your own. Or if you have a specific question you might want us to try to answer, go ahead and email us. could answer you in an email. We're not going to go into all that today. But yeah. Yeah. So then I think for people with trauma, sometimes there isn't a safe way to express the emotional reaction to your trauma. Often there isn't that. So we like stuff it. Mm-hmm. And the more you stuff it, that like intense emotional energy has to be expressed somehow. Mm-hmm. And so it often does come out in physical symptoms that mm-hmm. especially like a doctor can't explain. Yeah. So I had IBS growing up. I had migraines. I had all the tests. I had all the things. They were basically like, I don't know. Have you got a little heart thing? Oh, I've got explain. a whole heart thing. You guys. So... Two months after my wedding, I was having so much trouble with my heart that I was like almost passing out. Like I went on this, I have this vivid memory of being on this class trip for my grad program. And I was like standing in a room on a tour of a building and this guy was talking and I had the choice to either just like sit down on the floor in the middle of this room of people all standing and listening or pass out. And I had to sit down and everyone looked at me like I was so rude and it was awful. And shortly after that, I was diagnosed um, with a form of tachycardia, which over the years, I had a couple different diagnoses and a ton of meds and ended. Yep. I ended. It was so bad for a while during my marriage where like if I would climb a flight of stairs, it would jump up to like the 200s for my heart rate, which is not normal at all. That's like beyond like aerobic exercise normal. And so I ended up having a heart catheterization. Short story about that is they strap you to a table. You can't move. They like literally strap you down naked. They stick a thing through a vein, a vein in your groin, go up to your heart and zap around in there and try to simulate the bad rhythm. They couldn't figure it out. They literally were like, we have no idea what's wrong with you. Tell you what, left my ex, heart so much better. 
It's not perfect. You, well, you There's struggles. Like trauma and other things that are stored in your body. So. I do. And I think I may have some generic like struggle anyway forever. But like I was trauma told. Trauma doesn't definitely need it. Yeah, I was told, like, you'll never be able to exercise. You have to be on these medicines forever. And I did a ton of research and got off my meds with some other, like, alternative stuff. But then after leaving, I've run a full-ass marathon, you guys. Mm -hmm. And definitely have learned ways to, like, accommodate. But a big piece of my heart struggle was for sure somatic. And I think not, like, you can, when you have depression, anxiety, anything, you can get a lot of that. When you've got a lot of trauma, I think there's a whole another level. There's a really good book called The Body Keeps mm-hmm. the Score. Um, and I could I could probably put that in the show notes if people are interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks a lot about how like trauma is stored in your mm-hmm. body and how it's released. So it's not even just like the emotion, it's like physically the, the trauma energy. you like when you were going through yeah. the trauma, how that impacted your body. So there's a lot of things that can cause mm-hmm physical symptoms well and, and trauma depending on where you're at like in your development actually changes brain chemistry and brain structure so a child who this is like jumping ahead a little bit but presents like with adhd symptoms it may be that the trauma when they were younger has actually affected their brain chemistry and structure to the point where they have trouble with attention and concentration outside of their ptsd anxiety kind of stuff like it's mm-hmm. physiological at this point yeah so but yeah, I think a lot of times people have like more intense somatic reactions, the more trauma they have or the more intense mm-hmm. their trauma has been. And if you look at, I don't know if any of you who are listening are familiar with the ACEs, but it's this whole concept of how our childhood experiences impact us throughout our life. And it has a big chunk about how it impacts our physical health. So having had trauma as a child makes us at higher risk of things like obesity, heart disease, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, I think some cancer maybe. Like it's a whole host it's of a shit. Lot, it's a lot of bad stuff. Like basically your body. A lot of the like really bad things. Mm-hmm. And um, trauma, shorten, trauma and the increased stress levels shorten the little pieces on the end of your genetic code, your telomeres. So the more historical trauma there is in your family, the more those have gotten like worn down and the more likely you are to have physical health problems. So basically trauma's bitch. It really sucks. And it just fucks with everything. Yes. So, yeah. So I think, what do you guys experience for somatic? I said that word, somatic. You did. I'm about to sneeze potentially, so I don't want to start talking, but it might be going away. Okay. Well, while you think, I think for me, I definitely have my heart. Um, I get a really upset stomach the more stressed out I am, which is super fun because then like if I'm going into something where there's not a bathroom option and I'm stressed, then I'm more stressed. Um, I get headaches. I clench my jaw. My life is real stressful right now. You guys have been waking up in the night clenching my jaw. So that's fun. Do you feel I'm not going to okay. sneeze apparently? I really thought it was. So. Okay. What do you got? Is it different for different parts or is it fairly across the board? I think it's different for different parts. I think there's some like low level we all experience, but mm-hmm. there's definitely some people that have more sig- like significant ones than others. And I think there are people who are triggered to come out when we're struggling, which then like Faye. Yeah. So Faye comes out a lot. I don't think it's that she comes out when we're sick. I think when we're experiencing certain emotions, she's triggered to come out or certain like events. Being sick isn't safe. So it's and there's a connection. There. So then she comes out and then there's like more somatic stuff because mm-hmm because of that connection. Um, 
somebody has a lot of GI stuff. You get like acidy, like yeah, um, burpee kind of stuff. Yeah. So like, um, trying to think who all like Charlie Lily. Makes sense. Too. Those two the most have a lot of Danielle a little bit, but I think hers has settled some. Okay. Have a lot of like intense anxiety, like more so than other people. Okay. Um, and not really like trauma triggered anxiety necessarily. There's a lot of trauma like anxiety, baseline, but then there's a lot of like baseline just like GAD kind mm-hmm. of stuff. GAD means generalized anxiety disorder. So see the previous episode. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of stomach like stomach pain, like nausea, um, like acid reflux, like pretty bad. Um, some like minor stomach ulcers that get like very painful. Um, and to the point where like every day when we wake up, it, it, for a while. Yeah, you um, go through like phases. There was yeah. a while, like a couple of months ago where that was, it was really, really bad. bad. Um, we were stressed about something we're not really talking about on here yet, but – um, at some point we'll probably tell you all, but there's there a, there's a specific thing that I'm going through right now. And it, it was having a lot of like, there's just a lot of worry about it. So that like general worry, even though it wasn't connected to those parts, that general feeling of worry triggered mm-hmm. those parts. And so then there was a lot of like every morning waking up, feeling extremely nauseous, really refluxy throughout the day, often feeling like we're going to throw up. A lot of you guys asking, why does my body hate me? Yes. <laughs> um, and just like pain, like cramping, really uncomfortable. Um, get like these nasty burps that sound painful. Yeah. Like, they're like very grippy and like yeah. you can like, it's like you can hear the acid like, coming like, into my weird, throat. It like, just like thing. burns. Yeah. Um, we get some like IBS stuff too Mm -hmm. so like we end up in the bathroom a lot we're not Mm -hmm. very like regular and it's not i don't want to like gross people out it's not like a good solid poop you don't feel good about it it don't feel good about it you know like (laughs) you know sometimes you go to the bathroom and you poop and you're like that was a good poop yeah it's not like that no no at all for anyone who has any hand ibs you know (laughs) yeah it's just it's It's unpleasant and the hard thing is it's not like consistent yeah so i think Another challenging piece of having like somatic stuff with with trauma or with like mental health is that it's hard to like go on a med or get something mm-hmm. to help with it. Um, I think it's especially hard when there's more than one person in the body because different people need it in others' jobs. Yeah, and then like you need it at different times because it's not like oh I just have IBS and that's like a consistent thing I deal yeah. with. It like comes and goes, and so then yeah. you don't always know when it's going to get triggered, and so that's all. So we have that all that going on. Um, we used to get really bad, not quite migraines, but like really severe headaches. Um, sometimes they would trigger migraines. Um, so that's, that's fun for you. That's fun. Um, we get a lot of, um, body tension. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, um, we also like clench our jaw a little bit. So a Mm -hmm. lot of tightness and that like triggers tension headaches. I get this knot in my back when I'm stressed. (laughs) Um, You lose your hair. I do. You guys, I'm going bald right now. And it's really, like, I don't know that it'll stay. But um, you're losing hair. I'm losing hair. I'm losing a lot of hair. The losing my hair thing is for real, though. I had a time in my life when I was married where I lost, I had, like, a quarter the size of a... (laughs) How big was your quarter? (laughs) I had a bald spot 
on my head the size of a quarter and it was horrible, but it was hidden by my hair, thankfully. So when I get stressed, all my hair falls out. It's not great, you guys. We don't have that. No. What else you got? We get other, like, I don't know, weird, like, sensations, like, in our limbs and stuff mm. sometimes. You do. And I think like, that's probably more connected kind of. to trauma. But it's definitely, like, a physical symptom mm-hmm. of having trauma. Um, I wish you all could see how my dog is laying right now. Just <laughs> living the dream life. Um, she's, like, on her back, just, like, legs in the air. This dopey grin on her face. Yep, eyes like completely closed, just happy. Um, where it almost feels like someone is grabbing like the muscles inside of our arms and like twisting and stretching them, but not our skin, just like inside of our arms and legs. And it's you guys get very like you move your arms around a lot and you're like twitchy when that's happening. It's super, it doesn't hurt exactly, it's just very uncomfortable and like. If it's like we can feel it more if we're not moving and it's. I, it to me is probably something sort of similar to what people with like restless leg syndrome experience, mm-hmm. but more intense, I think. And in your usually often in your arms too, not just your legs. Yeah. And it's not like just when we're like sitting down or like yeah. laying down in it, like it can really happen at any time. Yeah. Um, sometimes you get really itchy. Mm hmm. Your eye twitches. Mine does that too sometimes when I'm stressed. Like I'll get a twitchy yeah. eye. I think for both of us, sometimes like when it's a trauma trigger, we'll get like pain sensations that are yeah. not, that are like more tied to the trauma, mm-hmm. but are like a physical manifestation of it. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of, um, I mean, every, not every, most like female bodies get them at some point, but we get cysts. And I think when we're stressed or struggling, we get more ovarian cysts than like we normally would. And we used to get them really bad to where like we couldn't think it would like hurt to walk. Like we'd have to sit down for a little bit. It'd just be so painful. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of trauma triggered type mm-hmm. of pain. And I think that's another, you can have a lot of like pain during intercourse and, um, like a lot of pain related to like sexual stuff if you have trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be like when you're trying to have sex or like doing something sexual, sometimes you just get these like intense pains that are like, what the fuck? Yeah. That are somehow connected, even if you didn't experience that exact pain during your trauma, it just seems like your body's like, oh, this is a good time to stab you in the ovary or, yeah, it, you know, inside really your vagina is. somewhere or whatever. It's very mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, your body can do all the horrible things um, when you have trauma, especially, but also with other disorders. So yeah. we're talking a lot about trauma, but especially I think especially with anxiety. That's a big one where you often have a lot of physical sensations connected to it. And kind of to the segue, are we ready to segue? I think so. I think, I, I think we're good. I think so. So another way that anxiety and trauma and like DAD can overlap is struggle with attention. Mm-hmm. So 
there's like ADHD where there you you do have like brain chemistry that makes it harder for you to like attend um, to stay focused to keep your body under control some of those things mm-hmm. and anxiety is often misdiagnosed especially for people with complex trauma they'll diagnose them with ADHD because it looks very similar especially in like kids mm-hmm. so kids with a lot of trauma and I can I think think of my own son with this like someone could easily misdiagnose him as ADHD he's super impulsive um, or appears impulsive because he just like has to act when he's anxious he um, has said like I just talk sometimes because otherwise like it's too lot like too much anxiety in my head so I just have to like talk or like make noise or do things or like repeat things because like I'm anxious and I can't focus mm-hmm. on like what I said to like, keep saying it to like to like I feel like I've actually sort of like said it yeah or trouble with like attention because you're so busy being hyper vigilant about all like the bad things that could happen to you that you aren't being able to like pay attention in math class or mm-hmm. to a conversation or a lecture or something. And like, if you're not being hypervigilant, you might be dissociating. You might be like not actually here. Yes. You might not really be present or focusing because it's too hard. And so then it seems like you're not paying attention. And you, I guess technically on some level aren't, but it's not the same, it's the same like reasons a... or, and it's not intentional. Cause I think that's also, Something like people will just be like, well, you, you're not tr- even trying. Mm-hmm. You might be. Yeah. It's just really hard. Mm-hmm. So. And when you have DID, that like being able to like sustain concentration and like show that you've been concentrating by regurgitating information is extra hard because the person who was there in math class on Monday might not be the same person who was in math class on Tuesday, might not be the same person who's there for the test. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't communicating well, that information isn't going to come out. And then when you're really struggling, like people can switch kind of rapidly sometimes or Mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily like if parts aren't aware of each other, you don't really know you're switching. So someone can ask you and like you could have just been in a conversation and someone asked you something and you're not you're like. I have no idea if I was just talking to this person or what I was saying. Or like why I don't know. Like this person obviously thinks I should know what we're talking about and I don't, I don't know why. And so if that happens a lot, people can be like, oh, well, you never pay attention or you never know. Like, it's like you just don't listen and it's, Mm -hmm. it, you do, you You try. You weren't necessarily there the last time you had a conversation with that person. And And if it happens a lot, it can seem like, you're consistently not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't have DAD, if you just dissociate, that can happen. So yeah. my daughter has been dissociative a lot more lately. And sometimes like there's just no lights on upstairs. She's just not over here. And so then she'll do things like, I cannot get this girl to hang up her towel to save her life. It is always on the floor in her bedroom. She'll take a shower and then it's just there. And sometimes I think she like just forgets or is like, meh, I don't care. But I think there's other times where she's so on autopilot. Yeah. That she isn't paying attention to what she's doing and is just going through the motions. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we have more to say about this, but now I'm stuck. Yeah. I was just thinking like, is there anything else? And I, I guess too, um, it like trauma can affect your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I mean, I think sometimes ADHD meds do help people who have mm-hmm. like trauma and attention stuff. So then it's like when the meds help, then it's like, oh, well, it really is ADHD because these ADHD meds are helping. But 
it might only help for like a certain time period or like certain people or, mm -hmm. you know, like as you start working on stuff, it like they might seem like they're not, I don't know. Like, I think there's just a lot of ways that meds can like be act funny. And I think we're going to talk more about meds and TAP at, some, at point. some point. And conversely, they could do the exact opposite because sometimes for people with anxiety, ADHD meds make it a zillion times worse. Yeah, it makes your anxiety like like yeah go crazy like on overdrive and makes your thoughts even more difficult to manage so yeah yeah i don't know i think well, I, I, know, I feel like there was more like, to say but i don't know without like if you're not thinking trauma but you're just thinking like anxiety and and concentration mm -hmm. so like aside from like the dissociative parts of of why ADHD may be something you look like you have would be like if you're super anxious and you're ruminating. So like if you get stuck in your head, worrying, worrying, worrying about something, you aren't going to be as attentive or you might have all of that anxious energy in your body. Mm -hmm. And especially kids, knowing what to do with anxious energy is really hard. And yeah. so that can come out as like nonsense behavior because they just have to get it. They know they have to get it out of their body, even if they don't really understand it. Are they're not like really, I think like sometimes you bounce your leg or mm -hmm. you are fidgeting and you don't really know you're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's just your body's kind of like natural way of kind of expelling mm -hmm. some of that energy. And I so, bounce my leg like crazy sometimes. And you, you do, you guys will be like, how you do? And I'll be like, Oh, Hey, look at my leg. Look at it go. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm anxious. Um, <laughs> that I think can be part of it. Mm -hmm. And with depression too, like when you're really depressed and life sucks and you're struggling to mm -hmm. like focus on positives and your brain's kind of always in that, like nothing feels like it matters or you're feeling hopeless or whatever it can. I don't know. Things like maybe just don't seem worth paying attention for. It takes mm -hmm. a, like, it takes it a lot of energy so just to energy. get out of bed. So to like yeah. really focus on something. Um, and I don't know if it comes off as much like ADHD, but there can definitely be attention issues yeah. with depression too, of like sure. when your brain is full of thoughts about, maybe wanting to die or about things being really hard or you just want to crawl back in bed because it's say fatigue. Like fatigue is you're a huge just, part of depression for some people. Just literally don't have the energy. You're not going to care about paying attention. Like you're, no. you're all your energy is just being there, like physically being present somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that can, I think come off, not necessarily ADHD, but trouble with concentration trouble with concentration and attention and it's actually like one of the criteria i think yeah, too one of like the potential symptoms so yeah so those are okay, just kick the table again jeez i know i'm the mess you guys yeah. i am it's fine you can say it. um yeah i mean i guess i thought we'd have more to say about some of those things too but it, in terms of, well for you guys who struggles most with like attention and concentration Or is this not as much a thing for you? I don't know if this one is as much of a thing for us. Mm -hmm. um, I think we sometimes appear, not so much anymore. We used to appear mm -hmm. sometimes like having concentration issues or like we weren't attending to stuff. I think especially with friends sometimes because we weren't always present. So then it would be like, you'd have people talking about stuff and you're like, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. I remember too when I was first getting to know you guys more, you were having a lot more like flashbacky kind of stuff happening just in your day to day life. Yeah. And so then we would be somewhere like social, like I have a memory of being at a sub place with you guys 
and like some other people from work. Do you remember this? We were at like a firehouse subs, I think. Not really. And I knew that you guys were like vaguely, but it's not. Yeah. Um, And you guys were kind of having a day, but like I didn't, I don't know if I knew you had people then or not. But you were definitely very, like, internally preoccupied. We at least knew we had a trauma. Yeah, and you were, like, super bouncy and, like, not very with it. And I, like, that was when I started pinching you sometimes (laughs) or, like, poking you to, like, get you back to the present. And so I think in that way, um, the, like, trauma preoccupation piece. I mean, obviously we have DLD, so. More along the, like, dissociative lines, Mm -hmm. we, attention could be really difficult for us sometimes if we just, like, are not present Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, especially when we were having some, like, flashbacks and some more trauma, like, PTSD-related mm-hmm. symptoms. It was really hard to, like, focus on what was going on. And because when you – we can maybe talk more about – and we talked a little bit about PTSD at some point. Mm-hmm. I know, but we could maybe talk a little bit more about, like, what flashbacks really or, are. Like, managing that. Yeah, and so when you are – when you literally feel like the trauma is happening to you again, mm-hmm. it's really hard – to focus on what's going on around yeah. you. Um, and that's sort of one of the ways you get through it. It is. And it's, it's really hard. Like learning how to like reground and and be present in your environment mm-hmm. is really helpful. And until you practice it and good at it, it's really hard. It's and you need a friend who teach you. Yeah, because other sometimes you just like you do, you just go into it and you can't you have no you really don't know what's like going on mm-hmm. around you. When you guys were less functional. Yes. And more, like, there was functional in the sense of less functionally integrated. So, like, less communication, less awareness across parts. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like from an attention and concentration sort of standpoint of, like, you came out, you have no idea what the fuck is happening or why you don't know what the fuck is happening? Because that's got to be really, like, overwhelming and scary. Yeah, I think, like, we had a little bit of, like, Quinn is kind of like a gatekeeper Mm -hmm. and... So we, we had like a little big M and Chris, like they could help us at least be like, I'm at school. Kind of like, okay, a little heads up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like actively heads up because we didn't know, but just more of like a, there was knowledge. In just kind of like subconsciously shared with you. And yeah. you don't like, when you don't realize you have deity. You don't really think about like, oh, these thoughts might not be mine. Right. You know, like, so you would kind of know like a little bit, but it, it would be like, it was very jarring. Someone would be talking to you and you just kind of like nod your head. And it's like, you'd have to like exert a lot of energy to focus. Otherwise you look like an ass cause you have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it wasn't even necessarily like in that moment, but like you'd, I don't know, talk with a friend like at some point, and they'd be like, well, I don't know what the hell was your problem earlier this week. I was or just like, thinking that you've talked about that, you know, um, I think in middle school and high school, it just wasn't as obvious because girls are just bitchy sometimes. And so mm-hmm. there is like a lot of fighting. And so like, you could be like, hate each other one minute and be best friends mm-hmm. the next. But in college, it was a lot more like, you know, if we fought with someone and then they'd be like, well, I don't know. You were like real pissed last night. And I don't know what the, like what your deal was, but you were really, and it would be like, and like, yes, sometimes we went out and like drank and that could be a piece of it, but a lot. I think that was helpful to be able to blame it on sometimes. Though. Yes, because a lot of, of times it would be like, well, one part would be really pissed because somebody did something that was like triggering to another part, or they would be like, well, 
I'm sick of being friends with so-and-so, or I'm sick of how this is going. So I'm going to be pissed about it when I'm out. But then like that affects other people. And so you'd be like, sure. Like, I don't fucking know. I don't know what I said or what happened or like why. And I think it was, yeah, like why we were fighting. And I think, especially like, because not everybody knew about everybody, it would be like, well, I I must not remember because I was like pretty drunk or Mm -hmm. because I just like, you know, well, it must just be fuzzy or like, I don't know why I don't remember it clearly. And really it was because it was different parts, but I think it was really frustrating to friends to be like, sometimes you're like this and sometimes you're like this. And I don't know what to do with you mm-hmm. when you're inconsistent. And it is, it's like, and I think even in high school, I would you go through, a lot of friend groups. I had a lot of different friends that kind of be bopped around with. And I had a few that like stayed, but, mm-hmm. um, and in middle school, I had a ton of different friend groups. Um, and I think even in grade school, I really bopped around a lot through my whole life with I friendships. Maybe that's something we talk about. At least, I think it's whole last one episode. Yeah. Like what it was like trying to have friendships when you were more fragmented. What it's like mm-hmm. to have friendships now. What are things you wish friends would have known? Yeah, know? I don't know. That could be like, a whole, I feel like we could do Yeah, that could that. be a whole thing, like relationships and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's hard when you're not really like, you don't really remember and you probably pissed somebody off, but... <laughs> You didn't, so you're. It kind of feels like, well, they're just being pissy for no reason, mm-hmm. and like they might have a valid reason. And so I think one of the harder things is being friends with someone who has DID that doesn't know they have DID, mm-hmm. or you don't know that they have like any kind of trauma, or like mm-hmm. you don't really understand what's affecting them, because then sometimes it does just seem like it feels more about you then. Yeah, like it feels like they're being a dick just to be a dick, or yeah. like I don't want to be with someone who's like friends with me one day and not the next or like that appears that way, I guess. Not that you're like intentionally trying to be like that, but well, and even if you know that can be hard because of just mm-hmm. like the shifts in emotion or some of those things. And so then not knowing and having to deal with the same amount of like shifts and things that would be, that could be very challenging. Yes. And I think then sometimes like when you're in your own head about trauma stuff where you're like on edge or you're worrying about something, it can seem like, well, they're not paying attention. They don't really mm-hmm. care about what's going on with me. Or like, I did, like, I, I different, like, remember I told you about this and I'd be like, nope, n- no. Or I'd be like, yeah. And I think that doesn't feel like great. eventually people can kind of tell, like, I don't feel like you know what I'm talking about. And that feels really shitty. It feels shitty to feel like your friend isn't listening to you, Yeah, but you don't know how to like explain that to someone if you're not like fully aware of what's going on with mm-hmm. you. So it's hard to say like, well, and even if you are, like, yeah. unless it's someone that you trust and like, well, you see, Lily was listening to you talk, and I'm Charlie, and so I have no fucking clue what you're saying. Tell me again. Like, yeah, and I, like, it's because I was, like, caught in trauma brain and listening to, like, trying yeah. to, like, not have a flashback or trying to ground, and I wasn't really paying attention. And if I don't feel comfortable telling you that, especially if you're, like, out in public or out somewhere where it doesn't feel, like, safe, mm-hmm. it feels like your friend doesn't care sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Or you're really depressed and so you don't have the energy. And so anyway. So anyway, it can look like you have trouble look, with attention and concentration yes, for a variety of reasons. Like, <laughs> I just don't care and I'm not paying attention to you because I don't feel like putting the effort in. Mm-hmm. Or, or it can come off more that way. That yep. you, you don't have the attention span to, like, focus on something. Yep. So that. That. Now I said more words about it. We did. We came up with more words, you guys. So I think, like, we could tackle other things, but I think we've talked enough that it's not worth going further 
I into agree. the think, topics tonight. And I think some of those are like a little bit bigger topics. Yeah, so or it could be. It could get really long. And yeah. I don't know where we would cut it exactly. So I don't know if this is our best episode. I feel like it ended up feeling disjointed to me. I don't know if it feels that way to you guys. I'll tell you guys, sometimes life feels disjointed because it is. Well, it is. And I guess like, Maybe that's a good illustration of some of the things we were talking about is that this ended up a little bit disjointed. But so we've got a couple more that are will probably be our next episode about like other sort of potentially co-occurring or misdiagnosed diagnoses. Or like symptoms of diagnoses yeah. or things you can appear to struggle with or yep. at least have like a, a part of that mm-hmm. feels like at least parts yeah. of this are going on for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about DID is, like, you have some parts that definitely don't have generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. and then you have parts that definitely do. Yeah. And you have parts with trauma and without trauma, and you have parts that maybe have a little bit of, like, personality disorder traits. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's this, like, at different times, different parts might meet criteria for other diagnoses or the whole system might also meet criteria for other diagnoses, or maybe you don't meet criteria for any diagnosis. Not quite, you know, and Mm -hmm. it can make diagnosing really hard and frustrating, I think, to clinicians. I think so too. And I think or confusing part also really hard and frustrating. And we're not going to go there next, next episode, but I do think that's another piece that like, we could touch on it's, yeah it's just like another challenge with did and i think with trauma in general but more mm-hmm. specifically did so hopefully that gives you guys a little bit more understanding of the some of the things that either you or people you care about might have been diagnosed with or have symptoms of and what that would mean and look like and then we'll tackle those last couple well tomorrow but not tomorrow for you yes. you'll have to wait a few weeks ha <laughs> So that's those are the things that yep. we are sharing. That's what we got tonight, you guys. So um, the things you can email us yes. at mypuzzlepiecespodcast at gmail.com or you can drop us a line through the like anchor platform, I think. And you can give us money if you want to, but you don't have to. We're not we don't need it. We don't do this for the money. But, you know, someday would like a microphone that's not just the computer mic. And what other things do you normally say? I think that's good. I think you say it better, but those are most of the words. I don't know. My brain wasn't working tonight, so thank you. I know, and I remembered our email address. It's because I just channeled you. I just, like, tried to think of what it is you say, and then I went from there. Yep. And please email us if you have more questions about one of these disorders or you want to be like, me too, or... You want us to point you in a direction where you can learn more about, like, the parasympathetic nervous system or or some resources specifically for, I don't know, whatever. a certain disorder or whatever. Yeah. And, like, we don't have exhaustive, re- exhaustive resources on everything, but we might be able to at least point you in a direction. Give you a little something. Yeah. So. So there you go. Yeah, and last time we tried something a little different with our our outro so let's maybe do that again this week and then we'd love some feedback on how it, how it feels to y'all. Sound good to you over there? Yes. Amy, it sounds good to me. I'm is Amy, a little discombobulated. So. Well, is Amy ready for her, her role? Yes. Oh, good. All right, everybody. We love you and go be amazing.